Simple Life Together, episode 44. What we got here is failure to communicate. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Hey, we changed it up a little bit today. A little today. bit, yeah. yeah. A little curveball. <laughs> I just couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, everybody. On the last episode of the show, we discussed life experiences and shared a few tips about tapping into lessons learned to make future experiences even better. And today, we're going to dive into some simple communication tips and talk about ways that you, too, can become a better listener to help you simplify your life. Now, we've talked in previous podcasts about communication and how it can make your life simpler. That is, if it's effective communication. Ineffective communication, on the other hand, can make your life a lot more complicated and often leads to confusion, stress, resentment, anger, and even some potentially dangerous situations. That's why simple but effective communication was stressed so much in our military jobs. But as we talked about the subject, we figured everyone could use a little refresher on effective communication. So here it goes. Well, this whole topic about effective communication and being a good listener came up as a result of some stuff that we've been working on for a different project of ours. And we were reviewing that sender, message, receiver, and feedback model for communication that we discussed way back in episode 10. (laughs) And we were also researching other ways to effectively communicate. And what we discovered was that although we spend close to 50% of our time listening, There are a lot of barriers to effective communication. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And part of the reason we have so many barriers to effective communication is because of a lack of understanding of what listening actually is, why it's so important, and how to become a better listener, all to make communication more simple. But before we kind of head out on the, um, the what, the why, and the how, let's go over a little bit of background information first. So have you ever tried to replay an important conversation in your head or share it with somebody else, like your boss, only to fumble through it because you couldn't really remember the details or what was said? Oh, yeah. Or, you know, you say, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, sure. You know, like you understand someone after they're trying to tell you how to do something, but you didn't hear every word that they were actually saying because, you know, you were distracted by your Facebook feed or something else or... Yeah, your mind was just wandering. Mind was, yeah, you weren't Mm -hmm. really paying attention. Or how about this? Have you had your significant other raise an eyebrow with you? Like, are you kidding me? This is the 10th time I've told you that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <I> read that? <laughs> you're, la- you're looking at me because yeah. you know I've done it to you. <laughs> no, Ask me no, how I know. No, he no. does it to me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure everybody can relate to that. So. <laughs> okay, well, what about this? Um, what about if you are the one that wants to be heard? I mean, have you ever felt like no one is really listening to you? All and, the time. Yeah, it's weird. Um, And it seems to me like people are so self-absorbed and busy with themselves. At least that's what it seems like to me. It's like the kind of the perception that I have. Or they're just too distracted by all the buzz going on around them or in their head that they've forgotten to be present and how to really listen to others. Heck, I mean, I know I felt that before. And um, even with some of my very close family members. um, And it's kind of frustrating. But of course not with you, Dan. No, of course not. You know, my my auditory listener, right? Yeah. (laughs) Actually, sometimes I wish you wouldn't hear everything I said, <laughs> but he picks up on everything. Good man. Good man. <laughs> I'm an auditory learner. Oh, learner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah auditory listener. <laughs> Everybody's like an auditory listener. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I listen with my feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, right? I know what you yeah, mean. But you are. He's a very auditory learner. Yes. And um, so, yeah, he just doesn't miss a beat. I mean, it's crazy. But um, but I'm sure you guys can relate to the same thing. It, it's you're not... It's either you as a listener 
don't hear everything or yeah, and you don't you, feel like you're being listened to. Right. And you'd think we'd be excellent listeners considering we spend close to 50% of our time listening, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay, so let's break this down a little bit. What is listening? Um, it's different from hearing. And hearing is basically just a simple receiving of sound. Listening, on the other hand, is an active process of receiving and constructing meaning from spoken and nonverbal messages. So it's not just the sounds that you hear, it's, it's kind of interpreting all that. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so that being said, listening involves some sort of attention. And when I talk about attention, there's two different types. There's automatic attention, which is kind of instinctive attention, such as responding to a stimuli, like a sudden sound or movement. You know, you could be working, all of a sudden you hear a loud sound outside, you're going to... Yeah, or you hear a siren while you're driving down the road. Right, yeah. you know, you, yep. you, you're reacting to that, you hear it, you're listening for that, yep. you know. Um, there's also selective attention. I've been accused of this. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Where you are focused on something because it's important or interesting to you. Yeah. The other stuff you just kind of tune out, right. you know? So yeah. when the TV's on and, you know, you hear this complaint a lot where it's like, I try to talk to you, but, you know, I yeah, trying so to get really your attention. Selective, but you're selective attention could be positive if you're really listening to somebody. Right. Or it can sure. be negative if you're really focused on something else. Right? Yeah, good yeah. point. But see, the problem is, and where it gets difficult, is oftentimes the two of these compete and they conflict with one another. Like... Let's say you're engaged in a great conversation or lecture, but your attention gets diverted because someone's cell phone goes off or, you know, like I said before, you know, a loud boom, something happens. And so then you're automatically distracted. So you're, you're trying to selectively listen to this lecture, but then your attention is automatically distracted by some other kind of noise. So that's where it's kind of a challenge. But anyhow, that is a basic understanding of what listening is. But why is it so important? Okay. So you cover the what, I'm going to cover the why. Yes. Right? So... It's important because it's how we cooperate and it's how we get things done mm-hmm. as a species, I guess, you know, as, as yeah. people on the earth, right? And it's how we build a better understanding of problems that we face as individuals or as members of a teams or as a family. Yeah. But the trick is being a better listener, a good one, because then you can be more productive. You're not wasting time figuring out things or having to try and re-explain things. Yeah. You can have better interpersonal relationships by showing a genuine concern for those who you're actually trying to communicate with. Right, right. right? Mm-hmm. And you can gain knowledge, which in turn can help you influence or persuade or negotiate with others on things that you're passionate about or that you really believe matter. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you communicate... I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, no. no. Okay. Uh, if you communicate well, I think it actually prevents stress it prevents anxiety. It definitely prevents resentment and potentially dangerous situations like the one you talked about just, you know, a few moments ago. Right. And so I think there are some really good reasons to be an effective listener and to really try to be a good listener. And I imagine that most of us intuitively know that. But in order for that to happen, we need to recognize some of the barriers to being a good listener because we fa- all of us face these. Oh, absolutely. Everybody, you know, there's, there's folks out there who really are good listeners, oh, yeah. um, but it takes work. <laughs> and I think it's because they, they actively are trying to participate and, and work on, uh, you know, overcoming certain barriers. So here's where we get to the meat and potatoes of today's conversation. Um, as we were doing our research, we came across a lot of great articles about barriers to com- effective communication and, and how to become a better listener. But there was one article that just really stood out, and I thought what we would do today is just kind of go over the article together and just explain these different types of listeners. So Dan, why don't you kind of start off the article? Well, it was an article written on Pointer.org by Jill Geisler, who is a senior faculty member of leadership and management at the Pointer Institute. And the article is titled, 10 Lousy Listeners and What We Can Learn From Them. And basically, she describes 10 types of lousy listeners 
all of which you can probably be able to relate right. to. And I mean, as we were reading the descriptions, we could totally picture people in our lives, you know, even ourselves mm-hmm. actually, who fit the descriptions perfectly. We went over the what and the why. So we want to kind of hit the how to do this. So how do you become a better listener? So we thought that we'd take this article describing each of these 10 types of lousy listeners and then talk about the ways that each of them can become better listeners. We can almost guarantee that as we discuss them, you'll be just like us. You'll end up <laughs> recognizing people in your lives that, that you'll be like, that is so-and-so uh-huh. to a T. So you'll find people that match these descriptions. So Vanessa, why don't you start out with the first one? Okay. The first one is the multitasker. Sure. I'm listening while I type while I scan my computer, (laughs) while I take just this one call, while I open this letter and page through these messages. Now, what were you saying? (laughs) So that's the multitasker. Yeah, we've all seen the multitasker. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And actually, you know, um, I've been guilty of this, too. (laughs) So what does she say that the multitasker should do? Well, the the multitasker should divorce themselves from distractions and get out from behind the desk and let the phone ring. Do you know how important people feel when they see you ignore a phone to stay focused on them? I mean, it's, it's pretty impactful. Yeah, it is. So if you're too busy to give someone your full attention, just say so. It is better to reschedule a conversation than to insult someone by multitasking throughout it. If you're expecting an important message, explain that before beginning the talk. Apologize if you know a truly unavoidable interruption is likely. So those are some good tips. What's the next one, Dan? And the next one that Miss Geisler wrote about was the party animal. Do I have a minute? Sure. Come on in and tell me what's on your mind. I know you've been trying to get in to see me. Go ahead. Shoot. Hey, somebody else is at the door. Hey, come on in. We're just chatting. Always room for one more. Come on in. All right. Awesome. (laughs) So she goes on to say that what this party animal should do is think before automatically inviting others into the conversation. She said that she learned this the hard way from a fellow manager in her newsroom who, fed up with her, finally asked her why everybody in the organization was more important to her than he was. Mm -hmm. What she thought was, the two of us are managers giving attention to the staff. Well, that wasn't it at all to him. She realized that she was forever truncating his time with her, letting anyone in while he was in her office. She realized that she was wrong and apologized, and they set up a signal that made it clear when he needed her undivided attention. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I've known that too. It's pretty tough. Sometimes yeah. you're like, well, let's all discuss and you know, problem shoot together and figure these issues out, and yeah. that's not the best thing to do all the time. So, yeah, no <laughs> Okay, so the next one is the sentence finisher. Stop right there. I know exactly where you're going with this. No need for you to finish that thought. I will. I'm smart, aren't I? Am I smart or what? Don't you appreciate a boss who is this efficient and supportive? Go ahead. Tell me. I'll finish that sentence for you. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That happens actually all too often, I think, with a lot of It does. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of sentence finishers out there. So So don't tell me. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Go ahead. What does she say about it? (laughs) She says, curb your enthusiasm. She found that most interrupters finish sentences because they are extroverts who love to think out loud. Extroverts get engaged and excited by the things that they are hearing and jump right in to make a connection. The problem is they're not always correct in their assumptions, but they're always interrupting. So she recommends to force yourself to listen longer like some of the best of your introverted colleagues. And she says, trust me, having studied Myers-Briggs personality types, she's learned why so many introverts get great credit from their colleagues for being good listeners and why so many extroverts have to work at it. So, yeah. good point. I think, well, once it, I, this applies to all of these, but there really are a lot of sentence finishers out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the funny thing is, it's hard to not roll your eyes 
when they finish a sentence and they were like completely off base. Yeah. No, didn't have a clue. <laughs> and that's a whole different way of communication and how to tactfully tell them, no, you're wrong. Again. Yeah. And again, that's not what I was trying to say. If you let me finish what I was trying to say, then you might understand. And Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and with all of these, it's, it is tough to do a, a bad listener intervention. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But the next one we have up is called the debater. Whatever you're saying, I'll challenge. I'm only playing devil's advocate, of course. I might be doing this to help you. But then again, I might not. (laughs) How do you know? I do this to everybody all the time. It keeps people on their toes. (laughs) So what did she say to me? Well, so Jill says debate with care. And of course, this is centered for around managers. And she, she explains that recognizing that as a manager, your words carry great weight. Challenge carefully using non-loaded questions. By that, she means ask the kind of questions that are insulting or framed in ways that put the other person in a no-win situation. Mm. It takes talent to ask the kind of questions that make people think and reach their own conclusions. Mm-hmm. Argumentative managers can simply come off as bullies. And I think that applies to everybody as well, right. whether or not they're managers or not. Right, yeah. So the, the author of the article, she does work in, in management and, and teaching people leadership skills and stuff like that. But definitely, I think a lot of these things can apply to anybody who's trying to improve their communication. Absolutely. So, yep. Okay, so the next one, the Ann Landers say no more. Here's my advice. Take it. You may not have asked for my advice. You might have just wanted me to listen to you and let you vent. You might have wanted to figure things out yourself. But how can I prove I'm a leader if I don't jump in with a ready <laughs> answer? You're welcome. <laughs> and for, for our younger listeners, Ann Landers is an advice column, or was, and a, a, somebody who gives advice in newspapers and advice columns and so forth. So that's who Ann Landers is, the advice giver. Okay, so for the Ann Landers out there, here's what you can do to be a, a better communicator listener. Before advising, ask. Some staffers really don't want your advice, but some just want to vent. They really do. Some want to think through a problem with you. So listen to their concerns. Ask questions that let them suggest solutions of their own. After that, if you have what you think is good advice, ask the person if he or she would like it. Make certain your advice doesn't come off as an order. Yeah, that's a biggie, you know, because people don't want to be have advice shoved down their mm-hmm. throats. Yep. So the next one that Miss Geisler wrote about was the great philosopher. <laughs> All right. Now, let me tell you what you really mean based on a much broader, deeper, and meaningful level because it comes from me. Ooh. (laughs) It's got to be good. (laughs) (laughs) I know all this, by the way, without ever having asked you any follow-up questions about your thoughts or feelings. Why would that be important? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that one, great philosopher. And, (laughs) and you know, the thing with great philosophers that I have found Mm -hmm. is... They like to drone on and on, on and, and on, on. Yeah. and you're stuck with them. Like I yeah. worked for a boss that, um, who uh, he always used to get stuck next to somebody, um, and he used to call it getting gumped. Remember when For- <laughs> Forrest Gump used <laughs> to be on a bench with somebody, right? And uh, he used to come to me and say, dang it, Dan, I got gumped again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love my boss. It was great. <laughs> Man, it gumped me. <laughs> So what, All what I said was, hey, how you doing? Good. So, <laughs> yeah, there you are. An hour later. Yeah, life was like a box of chocolates. So anyway, <laughs> but the best advice for if you find you have some great philosopher tendencies is to stay grounded. Know when the conversation is better focused on the concrete or the abstract. You may have some theory to share, but know your audience well enough to know if it's the right place, time, and person for waxing philosophical. The more questions you ask, 
the more you'll know about the other person's needs. And I think that's really solid advice. Mm -hmm. That's really good. So up next is? The autobiographer. Ah, Ah, the story you just started (laughs) brings something very important to mind. Me. (laughs) I've been there. I've done that. I will now tell you all about my experience since it will be so valuable to you. (laughs) We run into a lot of these. Well, the thing is, is that I think it's good to relate, but then stop and then get back to the person that's trying to share information with you. You know, it's sometimes you go off on a tangent and it's, and then you're like, it's not about you. Yeah. And that's what the author says. Remember, it's not about you. The person who wants to talk with you needs to remain the focus of the conversation. And she's not saying leaders should never illustrate their conversations with personal stories, just like I said. Sometimes, especially when you reveal a great mistake, your personal anecdote can put someone else at ease. Just make certain you don't make yourself the lead of every story. Keep things in perspective. (laughs) What are you laughing at? Because she she just said, don't do what I just did right before this story, talking about my old boss and getting gummed. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm the great, or I'm the autobiographer, right? Anyhow. All right. Well, I got the clock watcher up next. That's her next one. All right. And if I'm a clock watcher, I'm very good at face-to-face meetings. I look at your face, then at the face of my watch, then your face, then watch the face, (laughs) then I fidget extremely effectively. All right. (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, she gives some really good advice on this one. Put a clock in your line of sight. No kidding. Arrange your office so that you can see the time without difficulty. This keeps you from insulting a speaker with your overt watch glancing. If you're oppressed for time, tell that to a person. When somebody asks, got a minute? There is no harm saying, I only have a minute right now. If you need more, let's set up a good time. And then keep the commitment. Oh, you know what? I have some good advice on that. Instead of saying I have a minute, say I have 40 seconds. It just, uh, yeah, it puts a little bit more like seriousness to it because yeah. everybody says, uh, yeah, I got a minute. And yeah. a minute is, you know, 10 or 20 later, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But, but the advice here is You're just right. let people, them know. People use that as a, as a kind of a colloquialism, not a, not an actual mm-hmm. unit of time. Exactly. Yeah. So, good point. All right. So, what's up next? The next one is the speeder. You want to talk? I'm really busy. So, can we make it fast? I'm on my way to a meeting. Walk along with me. You can just send me an email. Okay. Is that good? Great. Awesome. <laughs> I felt like that was me when I was in the military. A lot of times, yeah. I'm like, "Sure, let's go. Come on, I gotta go." You know, walk and talk. Walk yeah, and walk talk. Out. Let's go. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> so, what she says is, speed kills. If you have to have a quick conversation, make certain the other person is satisfied by it. If not, commit to a continuance. Be careful about asking people to come on, walk with me. She shares a story of how one manager who often did so told her about a surprise response from a coworker who said, "I'm not your dog." <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So make sure you are friendly and genuine, even when rushed. Yeah, absolutely. I love that story because I don't know how many times I've been told, you know, walk and talk, walk and talk. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, I'm your dog now. I wish I would have thought of that one. <laughs> Usually I'm pretty good, but I didn't think of that one. So the next one, the, this is the final one too, is called the dropper. Number 10. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with me. I will keep them in mind. Unfortunately, I will forget to follow up with you promptly or perhaps ever, leaving you wondering if you have dropped off my radar. <laughs> right? Yep. That totally makes you feel like you've been blown off. Yeah. Even if they, even if it was an honest mistake and you weren't blown off, yeah. it still makes you feel that way if you're on the receiving end of that. If she recommends, if you're a dropper, follow up. No matter how good a listener you are, you lose credibility if you fail to follow up on an issue raised in a conversation. It may be one of a long, long list of things you have to handle, 
but it is likely at the top of the other person's agenda. Telling people when you will get back to them is a commitment worth making and keeping. Awesome. And I completely agree with that. That is, um, nobody takes that well. You know, everybody feels like what they're telling you is important. Right. And, and even if it's not important to you, it is important to them. And follow-up is, is well-deserved. Right. You know, and I like that she puts this from a, a manager's perspective, but I think it goes on any type of interpersonal, interpersonal relationship that you have. Right. You know, families, friends, coworkers, whatever. The, you know, just really showing people that you care, that you're genuine. You know, a lot of these things, not multitasking, not rushing, not trying to invite other people, respecting folks and what they're saying in their time. That's really important. You know, I think probably the hardest thing is, is really just physically stopping and just really, even physically stopping and looking. Sometimes with Dan, actually, I'm hearing him, but I'm not really listening. I'm receiving the sound. <laughs> it's because I'm multitasking or doing other things. But sometimes I just have to say, I just have to stop, physically turn my body towards him, look him in the eye and say, I'm sorry, I didn't fully hear what you said. Could you repeat that? And it's like just the physical act of moving your body and giving that direct eye contact and stopping everything else that you're doing helps you to listen, right. to actually listen and interpret what was said and process that. And it does make the, that person, in this case me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, appreciate that, okay, I have, I have your attention now. Exactly. So. Exactly. And then there's other things, too, you know, when you are involved in a conversation, to show empathy, um, which is kind of a skill, but it's just to, like when you're talking with somebody... And for them to know that you're really listening to them is to kind of ask questions, ask open-ended questions or like, can you tell me more about that? Or, or restating things. That's very helpful too, like restating what they just said. So then they know that you're listening and right. it's actually helping you kind of focus on or what you're hearing too. Uh, questions like, it sounds like this is really, really important to you. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things like that and it really will help because the bottom line is that that communication is so important because if something is given to you that's important or deemed important to the the sender and you're the receiver and then now it's not that important, it may have been very important and it's something that could have fallen through the cracks either at work or at home and that just creates unnecessary stress that you don't need yeah. in your life, right? And so I think it's just, it's definitely good to kind of think about these things and really just stop and be present. And I say that a lot, but it really is something I know that I'm working on to just stop pause and give that person the attention that that they deserve. Yeah. And I think we do have to accept the fact that men and women do communicate differently without a doubt. Well, they do. Yeah. You know, but these things apply to, to both to men or women. Mm -hmm. But, uh, in my experience that, uh, and I might probably be treading on dangerous ground here, (laughs) (laughs) stepping into the minefield, but I I just think we do, we do generally communicate different. We have to realize that. And, and make sure that if we're trying to communicate something or, or somebody's trying to communicate something to us, it gets back into that analyzing the receiving audience mm-hmm. and, and uh, understand the best way to communicate. So like with you, I know that you're kind of just, you're not, you just want the points to the point. I want yep. to know what's going on. I'm kind of like that too on certain things. But then um, in general, this is stuff that I read too. I'm not, I'm just saying in general, women like to have a lot more detail. They like yeah. kind of get the whole picture. They generally don't, cut in the listen to the whole story and, right. and they're a little bit more empathetic or whatever and and men are usually sometimes they'll jump into problem solving mode in in that kind of a thing yeah, not cool. all Guilty i'm not there. saying all but it's just no just i want you to listen you know yeah but but knowing that that's what you like 
And we've had to work through this together, knowing that Dan wants to just get to the point or just answer the question, yes or no. I don't need all the fluffy details. Right. Now I know that's how he likes to communicate, <laughs> so I have to share that with him. I think it right. Yeah. Answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yes, no, we got yeah. it. <laughs> Are we airing too much here? Yeah, probably, <laughs> but... It's all good. All good. I was just trying to say good morning. You know? <laughs> did you have a, did you have a good night's sleep? Yeah. Oh well, I had this dream, yeah. and then it goes, and then you get gumped. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to recap before we go. Okay. The, the ten different types. Number one was the multitasker. Number two was the party animal. Number three was the sentence finisher. Number four was the debater. Number five was the Ann Landers, the advice giver. Uh, Number six was the great philosopher. Number seven was the autobiographer. Number eight was the clock watcher. Number nine was the speeder. And number 10 was the dropper. All right. So there you have it. 10 examples. I think great examples too. And I really laughed when I first read this and I'm sure people won't laugh anywhere near as much listening to us as I did when I read it. But but (laughs) great examples from Jill Geisler of different listener types that have irritated all of us and some tips on how to avoid becoming one of them. Yeah. So when we get back to that sender message receiver and feedback model that we talked about back when, Remember that 50% of the responsibility for effective communication falls on the listener. Mm-hmm. Remember, they have, uh, they have, you have sender, message, receiver, and feedback. So they're responsible for receiving and giving feedback. Right. That's the only way that the sender knows effective communication took place, right? So if that happens to be you, if you're the listener, try to avoid the 10 listener types that we talked about today from Ms. Geisler. We think that you'll find being a good listener will not only make your communication more effective, but it will also make your life simpler. And we'll be sure to put a link to Miss Geisler's original article in the show notes. And thank you to her for... Uh, giving us a chuckle. And yeah, giving us a great <laughs> laugh. And uh, it was nice to be able to have the opportunity to, to review her, her article. It was really nice. So after hearing these different listener types, how many of these listener types do you know? And better yet, which one of these lousy listeners can you relate to? And what do you think you need to do to start working on becoming a better listener yourself? We'd love to hear what works for you. So you can always share your thoughts with us at simplelifetogether.com slash 044. All right. So coming up next, we have the thing segment. And my thing this week is actually what has started to become kind of a Sunday routine for us. That is making some either snacks or some food to kind of last us throughout the week. Yeah. Mostly me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lie to you. But I made... Uh, Jerky, which yes. has been my go-to snack. Is it the turkey jerky? It has been beef, but I am making some turkey jerky Ooh. tonight. It's kind of marinating right now. Nice. So I'll be making that tonight and let that dehydrate over uh, the next 12 hours. And then the other thing was sausage. I got oh. to admit, I've made some awesome, awesome sausage. <laughs> it's really yummy. <laughs> I made 11 pounds of pork sausage. Uh, it's uh, an Italian blend. And but I put um, what did I put in there? Dry, mozzarella. I put mozzarella, uh, sun-dried tomatoes, and uh, garlic and peppers? green peppers. Oh yep. yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and that is fantastic. Man, and he just made it from you ground up a big pork shoulder or pork. Yeah, I took pork. a big pork butt and then uh, cut it all off of there. Then I ground it up twice and uh, once coarse, once fine. Mixed it all up and then put it in the sausage casings and. There you uh, go. Yeah, it's, it is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you've been making a lot of dried fruit. 
And I love the dried apple slices and the oranges. And the way you made it simpler was how? Well, instead of me slicing all the stuff up myself, I just get stuff that's already sliced in a can, and then I just drain it, and then... Put Maybe. it on there. And, put it on there. Let yep. it dry out. Not the apples, of course, but no, the, the mandarin oranges. That was a little bit of work, but it's yep. okay because I'm like, I got to make this simpler. But I do like having the fruit because it's a nice, sweet snack. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So all these little snacks, that's my thing. <laughs> okay. So what's yours? Well, my thing is simplifying our little girl's party, Sunshine's party. And how I simplified it was, you know, I've talked about how I, like Dan did the Google Drive tutorial and... Part of that was teaching how to do Google Forms well. I did Google Forms for the invite, so then now all the invites can respond and it populates my spreadsheet so I can keep track of who's coming and all that kind of stuff. And So it was really awesome instead of getting a bunch of emails back. Yeah, who's the man? Yeah, yeah, you are. Dan's the man. All right, there you go. <laughs> Let's get it out there. <laughs> and it's... And, you know, I, I'm not big on birthday parties, and I think we probably mentioned that before. We're not really big on that kind of stuff. But This I, is her first, and she's six. Yes. Um, we had one once when she turned one, but it's because we were near family, yeah. your family in, in Florida. So we had kind of, it was just a family get-together, really, yeah. but she enjoyed it. I always make the experience important and, and big for her. I celebrate it, but this is the first time we're having a party. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to be more about the experience instead of all the stuff. And so... Part of the invitation was Sunshine's gift is having you attend and that there was no need to give gifts because family is going to give her gifts. So I wanted to take the pressure off of the people, the parents attending. Just She will be thrilled just to have the friends here. So, And of course, we're trying to simplify. We don't need all those toys in there. And I'm trying to teach my daughter a lesson too. So, But it's working out great. And the other part of it being an experience is that I had her involved in making the homemade decorations. I set a budget and... And she was just so excited. And so we spent a good part of the day just making decorations and cutting things up. And so it was awesome. At first, it was kind of overwhelming, but I made sure I planned it out. I gave myself enough leeway to make get things done and got her involved. And so it's been really great. And so I'm just excited for it. And um, it's coming up this Monday. It'll be so. a good time. She'll have a blast. Yeah. She's really looking forward to it, too. Okay. So remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. And there are links to our Google Plus profiles on the website. All right. So we'll roll into the announcements. And I wanted to start off with the podcast awards. Just remember, it would be really awesome if you could take two minutes to go to podcastawards.com and nominate Simple Life Together for the 2013 Podcast Awards. So on podcastawards.com, you can nominate Simple Life Together for the People's Choice Award and in the Education category. There are two blocks to fill out on each. The podcast name, so you just type Simple Life Together. And in the podcast URL block, just type simplelifetogether.com. And then at the bottom, I think you put your, there's a room for comments and you put your name and that's it. And there's also an orange pop-out banner on our website, too, at simplelifetogether.com that will take you to podcastawards.com. My gosh, I'm saying an awful lot of (laughs) dot-coms, but hopefully it doesn't come across as confusing as it sounds to me right now. (laughs) But while you're there, you can also vote for other shows and other categories, too. It's a great way to show your appreciation for podcasters who provide you with great free content. And I know we'll be voting for Mommy's Cocktail Hour, Who Day Weekly... 
Music Radio Creative, and yeah. lots more. Yeah, so, I've done Mommy's Cocktail Hour and also Business Networker for Women and Smart and Simple Matters. So just different podcasts that I enjoyed listening to. So it's your chance to do so as well. So great. yeah, I think the easiest thing is just go to simplelifetogether.com. Wait a second. The orange pop-out banner will come up and click, click on, on the that. link there and you go. go from there. Yeah. That's kind of simple. <laughs> <laughs> so right. we also had some website comments and the first one came from Leanne Taylor from sagegardencoaching.org and she commented on episode 43 and that episode was are you making the most of life's experiences and lessons learned and Leanne wrote I love this episode I have enjoyed lots of them but this one was so much fun to listen to I come from a military family so I enjoy hearing about your military pursuits and can relate in 2013 my husband and I are doing the Radical Challenge from David Platt. So we have been eliminating items from our home all year. What a great fit when I found your podcast a month or so ago. Also, I am an Evernote fan too and have really benefited from the tutorial episodes. Now I need to go put the tips into practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for the hard work and love you put into each episode. It shows, and I love having your podcast to listen to on the way back and forth to work. Found you guys initially through Beyond the To-Do List, and now you're definitely getting my vote for the podcast awards. Aww. Thank you for the value that you provide your listeners. I sure appreciate it. Well, well that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Leanne. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, she also pointed out I had a couple of dead links on the show notes from, um, I blamed you, but um, I had a couple <laughs> of dead links. And so she, she pointed that out. And, and I love when people do that because, you know, sometimes you, you get through something and it's like it's like editing something that you wrote. You don't, you just don't see your own right, mistakes, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So that really helped out quite a bit. We appreciate that. Okay, the next one is Julia B, who commented on episode forty-one. Are you losing focus? Even Ben Franklin had a to-do list, and Julia wrote, "This is an amazing, comprehensive resource about distractions and fighting them." Julia linked to Leo Babauta's Focus Manifesto, which he offers a free download at focusmanifesto.com, and we'll have a link to that also in the show notes. Julia also linked to the pomodorotechnique.com, which shows how to use a kitchen timer for timing your task to keep you on focus and on task. So there's a great two-minute video at the link Julia sent. And she also says, hope you can use them. Thanks. Thank you, Julia. We will. And I have actually, um, that is a nice little video on pomodorotechnique.com. I like the way they put that together. Yeah. All right. So thank you again for the feedback that you left for us on the website. And uh, anytime you leave feedback on the website, we try to get back to you, or I wish we could respond to the iTunes reviews. We have some great iTunes reviews. I'd love to actually thank people who left them there. Yeah. But any feedback that you can give us, it helps. We really look at those to help make the show a little bit better. Yeah, we do definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for episode 44 of Simple Life Together. So today we talked about how actively listening can help simplify your communication and your life. We shared a few personal examples of our own struggles to communicate well and shared a few tips to help you out too. My thing was making some healthy foods and snacks. I might share some of those too. But I make those during our new Sunday routine. And Vanessa's thing was simplifying Sunshine's birthday party. Yes. As usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 044. And if you'd really like to help us out, please go to podcastawards.com and nominate Simple Life Together for the People's Choice Award and in the education category. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. 